the collection of our, uh, of our talk for today. It's part of a collection that we're going to do in the month of January. And the title is, All Things Are Possible. All Things Are Possible. Possible, and this is found in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. That was probably a Stanley, really loud. Matthew chapter 19. The disciples were astounded. Who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently, and you know it's a big deal when he looks intently, right? He looks intently and said, "Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible." Say possible. Everything is. Everything is. I'm going to wake y'all up because I know winter break took some of y'all out, right? And so we are back at it because all things are. And we really like that word. If you're a theologian in this house, I'm going to talk about how it is taken out of context. I will talk about what that passage of Scripture really does mean. But how many want a possible year where God makes what's possible, where God makes what's impossible possible? How many wants the impossible to happen in your life? I think that's a good word, right? Like, I, I, like I want uh, to be out of debt. It's possible, amen? No, we don't have any debt. We're, we're, we're pretty good, right? But I, I, wanna, I want a healthy marriage. Is that possible? Can I get an amen? I want a healthy relationship with Jesus. Is that possible? Can I get an amen? And if you're first time with this, we try not to be this churchy. We, we do our best. Because I want to go into 2024 believing for God to do the impossible, to make the impossible possible. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we learn this in the Essential Giving series. This is the portion of the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, how can I be saved? And Jesus says, uh, give up your possessions. And he goes, uh, that's, I, I'm, I'm rich, and I'm young. And so he walked away uh, discouraged. And then the disciples asked Jesus, well, what, what can we do to be saved? And Jesus says this statement, it is humanly possible, it is humanly impossible to be saved, but with God, everything it's possible. So Jesus is talking about the greatest miracle is impossible without Jesus and that's salvation. I want to understand that. I mean, the great, for me, I feel like the greatest miracle would be God healing my ears. I wear hearing aids. If he healed my ears on this stage, service is canceled. All right, we're going to go play Marco Polo. Uh, we're going to, you know, do hearing games. I don't know what it is. We're going to play telephone, you know, and it's going to be great. But that's still not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is the gift of salvation. That is possible through Jesus Christ. But also Jesus uses this very same word, and theologians connect this to Matthew chapter 17, where Jesus says, you don't have enough faith, he told them. I tell you the truth, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed. And you know, this is Jesus is insulting them. Like, guys, your mustard seed, your faith is, is as small as a mustard seed. That's like a, that's smaller than a sunflower seed. That's all small, your faith. Is, but your, your, your small faith could say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move because nothing would be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so we, as we go into 2024... I want us to believe that the possible, uh, I want us to believe, I'm, and, and probably by February I'll say that right maybe, but we're going to believe the impossible will be possible. But I think a lot of times we get ahead of ourselves or we get ahead of God. You know, every single morning, um, Pastor Lindsay and I, we wake, we wake up and we go downstairs and because we love Jesus, we get our coffee first. Our core value is Jesus first, but in our home it's coffee first apparently. It's coffee and then Jesus. Well, they're together because Hebrews, it's in the Bible. 
That's so bad. Stop. Don't even encourage. Somebody in here is going to think I'm that way. Because I is. But we go down in the front with our coffee and our, and our Bible. It was really cool. Is, uh, the family, uh, Le- Levi, Lindsay, and I, we're doing a Bible reading plan together where we're talking it over. And we're going to read through the entire Bible in a year. But every single morning as we sit there, my ADD kind of kicks in. And uh, I always watch our neighbors. Every single morning we're there with our coffee and our Bible. And every single morning our neighbors are walking. It is a, it is a wonderful couple. Uh, they look like they've been married for many, 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 many years. Many years, like married for many, many years. And, uh, and every morning they walk, every single morning they're walking. And, and, they, and although they walk together, it doesn't look like they're together. Now I'm going to explain that. That means every single morning I'll see the husband walking, and then I'll see the wife walking. Every single morning. And every, I mean, they, they look like they love each other, you know, like... It looks like it's a good holy matrimony, but my ADD is always like, where are they at? Where are they going? In that front window. And, and every single morning, he takes off, and then, and then she, she goes. But now, as, as I continue to watch them, if you're watching online, neighbor, I love you, you know. As I continue to watch them every single morning, I notice the reason why he gets ahead of her, because he's on a mission. He's ready to get his walk in. He's ready to go wherever they go. I mean, they're gone for a long time. Uh, but every single morning, I always see her stopping to smell the roses, you know. Like, I see her look at the, at the, at the ground, you know. And, and, it's, and so I think they have a, uh, a mutual agreement because they've been married for many, 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 many years. That he said, we're going to go on a walk, but I'll see you at some point. You know, it's kind of like uh, if you go to Walmart with your preteen and you want to minimize the time you're actually in Walmart. And so you actually leave your preteen in aisle 6,562 just so you can get your thing and get out of Walmart. Can I get an amen, somebody? And I leave him behind. Uh, it's like it's like we have a toddler. How many know when you get uh, toddlers, they start walking? Uh, if I ever have a toddler again, I'm tripping them. So never walk again. <laughs> Just, just stay crawling. Just stay, stay immobile, you know. But it's like we have a toddler, and, and they take off, and they think they're leading, but they don't know where they're going. I don't want us to walk into 2024 getting ahead of God. I don't want us to walk into 2024 saying, Lord, this is what you're going to do. Because it's, it's possible. Because a lot of times we think we're ahead of God when really we're behind. Like, like way behind. We're way behind God. And what I want us to do this year is I want us to get in alignment with God because all things are possible with God. All things are, in, all things are possible with God. Many things are impossible with Jeremy. Many things are impossible with my desires and my needs and my wants. So the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is don't get ahead of yourself. And if you're brand new today, I'm preaching to myself today, Okay. Because sometimes as preachers, we get a little excited, you know what I mean? We're like world domination, you know, like I want to, yes, I want to change the world, but I think God needs to change my world first. And many times I begin to realize we have desires as we go into 2024, and I want you to write down your desires. I want you to write down your prayers. I want you to write down your dreams. I want you to write down what you're believing God for. I want you to believe, God, this is so impossible. Well, will you make it possible? Uh, it's only crazy until it happens, right? But I want you to understand that our desires, they tend to be created by anything that, get, that gets our attention. 
And so I don't want us to walk into 2024 by, 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 by putting something on the altar and say, God, I want you to do this when it's not what God desires for your life. Because a lot of times our desires are created by anything that gets our attention. If I, if I hop on YouTube and I watch a particular topic over and over and over again, guess what? It's going to now become my desire. It's going to become something that I want to achieve or something that I want to be or something that I want for my life. And I want you to hear all those I, I, I. But here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. He let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance for the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Our eyes on Jesus. I believe many of us, we have New Year's resolutions or we have goals and those are great. Those are awesome. Those are incredible. But many of the desires of our heart feels like it doesn't get answered because those desires aren't what God desires for us. They're not what God desires for us. James chapter 1, temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and begins to drag us away. So James was talking about sin because temptation is not sin, but it gives birth to sin. Our desires give birth to sin and sin drags us away. But I want us to understand today that many times our desires will distract us or keep us from the things that God desires for our lives. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God needs to change the way I'm thinking. God needs to change the things that I'm desiring. James chapter 1, don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Now, James, he's a little spicy, all right, you know. But here's the next one. He goes, but if you look carefully into the perfect law, into God's word, into the things of God, if you look into his perfect law, it will set you free. If you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing doing it. So what I want us to do in 2024 is I want us to look carefully into God's Word. I want us to look carefully into the desires of God. I want to look carefully into the plans that God has for my life. I want us to be able to see what God can do in 2024. I've, I've tried many years of saying, God, this is what I want. And it could be it could it could be pure, it could be selfish, you know, it can be, it can be, it can be beneficial to God, but it might not be what God has for my life. And so we're going, to look, we're going to look carefully into the perfect law that sets us free. Everybody are we good? Am I okay? I'm coming out. I came out hot. I came out fired up, right? But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a 21-day challenge starting tomorrow, January 8th through the 28th. And we're going to, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. We're going to pray, and we're going to read, and we're going to fast. We're going to pray, we're going to read, and we're going to Daniel fast. Uh, I'm going to talk about fasting today. It's not going to be an extensive fasting sermon uh, because a lot of times I think sometimes we, 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 we don't focus intently on God's perfect word. We focus intently on the things we're eating and the diet and the meals. And so there's a lot of great resources out there. We have resources on our website, avenuechurch.cc forward slash fast. Pastor Lindsay's got a, a nice little fasting recipe uh, book on there. Things like There's things on there that we want to help you. But what I want to talk about today is a lot of times when we get ahead of ourselves, it's because we forget about the prep work that needs to take place. Now, tomorrow, I'm not ready to fast, just so you know. Today, I'm eating sugar. I'm eating other things. Yeah, understand that. But as we go into 2024, we got to realize there's some prep work that God needs to do in our heart. There is a prep work that takes place before the miracle. 
So what we're going to do is we're believing for God to do the impossible. We're going to prepare for the impossible by praying and by fasting. By praying and by fasting. Now fasting, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but here's what spiritual fasting is. Spiritual fasting entails setting aside activities as well as reducing the intake of food and replacing these activities. And so I replace it. So uh, instead of having a wonderful meal, I'm going to maybe, uh, you know, eat something that, you know, no meat, sweets, or treats, but I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go read my word. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. If I, if, I, if I remove, but then I don't replace it, then it's just a diet. And I'm, I'm not here to diet. God doesn't want us to diet. I want us to remove it, and then I want to replace it with God's word, with prayer. These activities with prayer and focus on spiritual things. And so a Daniel fast is no meats, sweets, or treats for 21 days. But I want to challenge you. Will you give up something? Will you remove something and replace these activities with prayer? Will you remove social media? Will you remove uh, TV? Will you remove Netflix? Will you, will you remove some, uh, alcohol? Will you remove something and will you replace it with Jesus, with time of prayer, time of fasting, uh, reading your word? Will you remove it? And will you replace it? Now, fasting is all throughout the, the Bible. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. But we really get our premise for the Daniel fast in the book of Daniel. And here in Daniel chapter 1, uh, during the reign in the year of, of this king and reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, I don't, I'm not even going to attempt that, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. Then the king ordered, uh, uh, whatever his name is, the chief of staff, to bring to the palace... Some young, you can follow those YouTube preachers that pretend to say it, you know. And uh, the palace of some young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Now I want you to know this is over 70 years of captivity. The Babylon came and they took all God's people and they said, we want to, we want to infringe you or immerse you into our culture. So they took over and they said, all right, all of God's people, all people of Judah's royal family, you will become part of our family. And so here's what's taking place in Daniel chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking men. Yeah. I would have made it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd be like, you have hearing aids? Get out of here, guy. <laughs> Whatever. And he says, train these, oh, the young men, sorry. <laughs> And train these young men in their 40s. No, these are actually uh, 12 to 13, 14-year-olds in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter into the royal service. It was taking place during the, in, uh, in the beginning of the book of Daniel. Is that they besieged, they conquered, they took, and then they said, instead of killing you, we're going to change you. Instead of killing you, we're going to transform you. And so they were re-educated in textual, in, 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 I need to be re-educated in textually. In, in, what am I saying? What's wrong with me, man? It must be intellectually. And treated royal. See, anybody can be a pastor. No. To be re-educated intellectually and treated royally to religiously reprogram them. They said, we're going to take away your literature, and we'll give you our literature. We're going to take away your food, and we're going to give you better food. We're going to take away all the things that you know, and we're going to immerse you in our culture. 
Because they realized way, way back then that they realized that whatever you immerse yourself in, you become. They said, we're going we're gonna to take out your desires and we're going to place in the desires of Babylon. We're going we're gonna to place the desires of you serving this God and not the one true God. And so here's there, they begin to realize that whatever you immerse yourself in, you become. I'm sorry to tell you, but TikTok, Instagram, but I got you, baby boomers, Facebook. I call you out right now. Facebook, social media, uh, every, every news station, whatever you immerse yourself in, you become. That's one of the reasons why we've become a culture of fear, a culture of worry, a culture of even di- division. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year of, of unity in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And so here it is. There's some boys named Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. This is God's people. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Bel- Belteshar. See, I can intellectually say this. Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Meshach, uh, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. Now, sometimes when I say these names, I think the church people go, oh, I know what you're talking about. I didn't know about Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but I know Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is a story of all about the fiery furnace. This is a story about they won't bow down but throw you in a fiery furnace. This is a story about Daniel being tossed into the lion's den. But I want you to see, before all these miracles took place, there was a cultural immersion of trying to change who they are, change the way they think, so that they conform to their culture, conform to the times. And I want you to see this. Daniel says, uh, his original name was God is my judge. They changed his name to Belteshazzar to say God of Saturn. Then they say, what's your name? And he said, my name's Hananiah. God has been gracious. He said, no, we're going to change your name to Shadrach, which means command of Aku, which is the moon god of that time. Then they said, uh, Mishael, what's your name? My, my name is who is like God. The original context, when you see God, God, God is Yahweh. God, uh, Yahweh, who is like Yahweh. But Meshach, your name is now Meshach, which is, which is who is what Aku is. Or Azariah, my name was Yahweh, has helped. But you're Azariah, you're now Abednego, which means you're servant of Nebo another God during that time. And so what they were doing was they were changing their identity. They were changing their identity and culture so that they would no longer remember being a Jew who followed the one true God. So they said, we're going to fatten you up. We're going to wind you up. We're going to culture you up. We're going we're to uh, educate you up so that you forget who the one true God is. You forget all things all things that are all things are possible with God. And so friends, as we jump into 2024, it's been a rough couple of years. It's been a rough month. It's been a rough day. But I want you to understand, don't forget the God of the impossible. Don't forget the God of the impossible. And I'm not even saying we're leaving here and we're sitting, but we're leaving here certainly distracted. We're leaving here certainly not focused or fixed. On, the, on, on Jesus Christ. For 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you're not like that. You are a chosen people. You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you could show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into your wonderful light. There is nothing more than the enemy wants you to do than just to stay happy, to stay distracted, 
and to pick up a false name or a false identity so that you never pull anyone out of darkness. And so this year, we're going to pull people out of darkness. This year, we're going to be a light. We're going to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Every single year we've done this, but we have to have the preparation before the impossible becomes possible. So prayer and fasting reminds me who, we, who I belong to. Prayer and fasting reminds me who I belong to. You know, oftentimes when I'm praying fast, I'm reminded who I am in Christ. Yes, I'm Pastor Jeremy, but I'm still human. Yes, yes, I, I have uh, visions and dreams. Yes, I, uh, yes I'm, I'm not sinning. Yes, I'm, I'm not living in sin, but sometimes I forget who I am. Sometimes I look at comparison. Sometimes I compare myself to other people. Sometimes I compare my life to other people. Sometimes I forget who I am. Sometimes I want to be something that I'm not. But when I pray and when I fast, God aligns my identity and God says, that's not who you are. You are Jeremy Bosma. This is who I created you to be a Hoyle, what a Hoyle, a royal priesthood chosen by God. And so here it is. They're, they're saying, all right, I want, I want you to eat these delicious. I don't know if it was like baby back ribs. I have no idea what it was. Uh, the finest wine in all the land. But here's what it is in Daniel chapter 1. So Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission. So it's, this is interesting. He's going to rebel, but he's going to rebel with permission. And the only reason why he could rebel with permission is because he had favor over his life. He wasn't a mean Christian. How many know I'm talking about, right? He wasn't like, I'm fasting. What's wrong with you? You know, like one time you were having dinner with somebody who was fasting. It was in January. Remember that? And the waitress came over, and, and he was like, hey, guys, I'm fasting. And I was like, why are we at dinner? You know, like, okay, well, I'm going to eat because I'm not fasting. And Pastor Lee was like, amen, you know. And, and so the waitress came over, and he was like, uh, I ordered pizza. She ordered something. And then she looks at him, and he's like, uh, uh, well, I, and I cut him off, and I said, he has surgery tomorrow. I lied. Come on, somebody. How I many? Why is that so weird, everybody, right? I said, he has surgery tomorrow. He can't eat. You know, like, why? Because I want us to be known. I want us to be known for what we're all about, not for what we're against. I want us to be a, I want us to be a, a light in this city and not just to say, I'm a Pharisee. I'm fasting. I'm, pray, I'm holier than you are. So once you understand, here's what he said. He said, please test us. For 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. I wish he said vegetables and like peach tea or something. That would have been a whole lot easier. Dan. And he says, at the end of 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Now, I want you to know, I wish... Daniel fast was 10 days. Can I get an amen, somebody? But here's what's taking place is that when I am physically hungry, I become spiritually aware. When I'm physically hungry, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, I'm spiritually aware. Because prayer and fasting empties us physically while filling us spiritually. It is putting to death our flesh. This is always a good uh, January sermon, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But here's what happened. At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished. Notice they weren't like, woe is me. You know? Like next Sunday, I'm not going to be up here going like, I just, I need a chair. I'm just, I'm fasting. 
don't know if you are. But he says that they look healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after all that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. So he continued on his 10-day Daniel fast. Not a vegan fast. Can I get an amen? Not vegan. Not vegan. Not vegan. Just throwing that out there. And this is this. Then God gave these young four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. They were physically empty, spiritually full, but here's what else took place. They become more wise. Uh, Matt, Daniel had the special ability all of a sudden to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. Here's my big challenge for you. This is not a big like uh, a fasting message today. I want to challenge you, we pray and we fast to hear from God, not for God to hear us. We fast and pray to hear from God, not for God to hear us. Prayer, now prayer, prayer is conversation. I'm, I'm talking to God, I'm giving him, God, this is what I'm desiring, God, this is what, man, this is my prayers. God, I, I'm, I'm as raw with God as I can be. God, I'm upset. God, I'm not happy. God, I'm not enjoying this. God, that person over there, this guy over here. There's things I talk to God about, but when I pray and when I fast, I tend to talk less and listen more. Because prayer and fasting, when I'm physically depleted and I'm spiritually full, my ears tend to be better. I I tend to hear God a little bit better. I pray and fast to hear from God, not for God to hear from us. That means when I go into prayer and fasting tomorrow for the next 21 days, I don't go, God, you must do this. I say, God, what do you want to do? Man, what, what what do you want to do? Every single time Pastor Lindsay and I, we have fasted, we have always, we've, we've asked God big, big prayers. We said, God, what, you know, what should the name of our church be? God, what should the denomination be? When should we do this, Lord? God, when should we move? When should we stay? God, when should we, every single time we have done a 21-day Daniel fast, God has answered us. God, we, God has heard our prayers, and God has spoken to us every single time. Exodus chapter 34, we see fasting in the Old Testament. Now, notice this is a Daniel fast, not a Moses fast. Can I get an amen, everybody? Because here's a Moses fast. Moses remained there on the mountain within the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. At the time, he ate no bread and drank no water. I think we'd all be dead. (laughs) What the heck? But here's what happened. He's fasting. Then the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on a stone tablet. Then he gave Moses some instructions. And then when Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. Because he had heard from God. Now as I challenge you to do a 21 days of no meat, sweets, or treats, as I challenge you to do a Daniel fast, when Moses came down and he saw the Israelite people, they weren't fasting, they weren't praying, they actually resurrected a golden calf and made their own little golden god. Moses got angry, and he broke the Ten Commandments. He said, how dare you? So when you're fasting, there's a term, I don't know if it's in Webster Dictionary, but it's called uh, hangry. <laughs> we can get a little hangry when we're fasting. Marriages can be tested during this time. Coworkers might see something's going on. Because I want you to understand, when we get hangry, because our, our, our bodies are being emptied, 
but our spirit's being filled, but it doesn't happen overnight. And there is also a tendency to become a Pharisee, say, I heard from God. I heard from the Lord. I, I used to work for an evangelist. He would get a word on Sunday mornings. We'd go travel places, and he'd be the meanest Christian I knew because he had a word from God. And I don't ever want to be a mean or hangry type of Christ follower. I want to be one who is completely humbled, completely depleted, but completely filled with the Spirit. So my challenge for you today, and I, I'm, you know, I want to have fun today. My challenge today is will you do a 21-day challenge? I'm going to call it 21-day challenge because I want you to pray every single day. Pray without ceasing. Get your phones out. Go ahead and get your phones out, everybody. And uh, scan this QR code if you can. And uh, all you got to do is open up the photo app, scan it over there. Boom, a little thing pops up. And there will be a registration page that it will take you to. And um, to our church app. I want you to pray every single day online. I double-dog dare you to take the 21-day challenge. Everyone here in this house, I challenge you. Take the 21-day challenge, and that is to pray every day. Pray every day. Pray at lunchtime. Pray at breakfast. Pray at dinner time. Pray, pray before you go to bed. Um, man, pray in your car. Just begin to talk to God, but also have time of meditation. Prayer is not just talking God's ear off, but prayer is also listening and just hearing from God. Prayer is conversation with God, to be able to hear from him. That's what prayer is. But also I want you to read the entire Bible this year. Start today, start tomorrow, but read the entire Bible in the entire year. Go to YouVersion, pick a reading plan. I, we're enjoying Nikki Gumbel's uh, reading plan by Alpha. But read, just begin to read the Bible. It's a couple chapters every single day, but read the Bible. Uh, also, Daniel Fast. And this is kind of the first year. We've never really put Daniel Fast down. We just said, give up something, but fast something. I challenge you, will you fast no meat, sweets, or treats this year? You can search Daniel Fast everywhere. It's on our website as well uh, at uh, avenuechurch.cc4 slash fast or even just text challenge to 702-727-8280. I challenge you for 21 days, do a Daniel Fast. For 21 days, do a Daniel Fast. And then worship night, we're going to break our fast together on the 28th right here, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. And we're going to worship together. We're going to lay hands on one another. And we're going to be believing God for signs and wonders and miracles and physical healings. How many know God can do the impossible? God can do the impossible. But I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. I want us to prep our hearts, prepare our minds. Because here's what happened. Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. So he's, he's in one of his fasts. And he said, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks. At the time, I've re- eaten no rich meats, are no rich foods, no meat or wine cross my lips. And I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks have passed. And he says this, then, then the angel of the Lord appeared to, Dan- to Daniel. He said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. So Daniel said, Lord, he threw out a prayer. And the prayer went up into heaven and he said, your request has been heard, and I've come to answer your prayer. So 21 days ago, you prayed a prayer, and here I am on day 21. I've come to answer your prayer. But he says this, but for 21 days, the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. I left him there with this prince, uh, spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. We had this in our Angels and Demons series. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet 
to come. What is he doing for Daniel? He's saying, I am now going to answer your prayer. But it took me 21 days. Demons, angels, things trying to stop me from coming back into speaking with you, into talking with you. Now, do we have spiritual warfare? Yes, but I believe it can be a little bit different in our context today. Because the enemy has a little bit more tools than he did back then in those days. Ah, TV, internet, phones, individuals, people, distractions, time, stress, worry. But it's going to take some time to hear from the Lord. But here's what prayer and fasting does. Prayer and fasting gets me in alignment with God. Gets me in alignment with the Lord. So that I can hear Him. So I can hear Him. Say, God, what do you want me to do with this year? What do you want me to do with my life? I believe there's folks out there, you're, you're praying some big prayers. And I challenge you, whether it's on the inside of your Bible or on a prayer journal, I want you to write down some, I want you to write down big questions. Maybe that's a great way to, uh, to word it. Write down some big, big questions. God, what's my purpose? God, what you want me to do? God, where you want me to go? What do you want me to start? Begin to, begin, begin to ask God, what's keeping me from being in alignment with you? Because Matthew chapter 19, Jesus looked at them intently. He said, humanly speaking, it's, it's impossible. But with God, if I'm in alignment with God, everything is, is, is possible. Let's have 2024 be a year where we are with God, where we're, we are with him. So what I want us to do is this morning, no hype, uh, man, no, no, no you know, emotional, nothing like that. I want us to grab our communion. I want us to take Holy Communion this morning. Communion is a time for us to reflect. Communion is also a time for us to remember. For us to remember who we are, where we came from, to remember that we're saved by grace through faith. To remember that you are good enough. To remember you're not an oops, you're not an accident. To remember that there is no sinner who cannot be saved. To remember that you are not so far gone that God cannot use you. To remember that you are a chosen person, you're a royal priesthood, that God does have a plan for your life. But I love starting fasting with communion. Because Hebrews chapter 12, it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I want, I want the impossible to take place in my life. Lord, what do I do? We, we keep our eyes on Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Jesus. I'm going to think about Jesus. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to pray to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want all things that are impossible to be possible. But it's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting for him. What did he do? He endured the cross. He endured the cross. He was beaten and bruised and chastised. He paid the price for, for my sins, for your sins. But because of the cross, disregarding its shame, he's now seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of, and I, I want you to see this, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and you will not give up. As we do Holy Communion today, I encourage you to just say, Lord, forgive me my sins. I reflect on my life. But 2024 is going to be, it's going to be a year I fix my eyes on you. 
It's going to be a year. And I want to take a step further. It's going to be a year. It's, it's going to be the year that it's okay when the impossible doesn't happen. Because I'm so in love with you. It's going to be okay if my prayers will get answered because I'm so in love with you. I'm fixing my eyes on you because of the joy that awaited you. You endured the cross for me. And thank you that you didn't grow weary. And thank you you didn't give up. I've never said this before, but church, I want you to hear this. Fasting is hard. It is not easy. And nor should it be super, super easy. Pastor Lindsay and I, we've been fasting for over, what, 15, 20 years. Our pastor used to make us do two a year. I'm a good pastor. Once a year. And still, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to crucify my flesh and to carry my cross. It's difficult to say, I'm going to be like Jesus, but I don't want, I don't want to pay the price. So I encourage you today, fasting is hard. And you, friends, you can do hard things. I want us to sit in that for a moment. You can do hard things. I know there's a mature Christian that said, been there, done that. I'm not going to fast this year. I'm too old for that. Maybe you've forgotten to do hard things. Maybe you're brand new today. I I don't know how to fast and pray for, for 21 days. I just don't know. You can do hard things. Can I pass you for a moment? Is that okay? Hope you hear my heart. Because sometimes it's the mentality we come in and say, no, I'm not. Nah. Because the impossible isn't found in what's easy. The impossible is not found in what is easy. The greatest miracles Pastor Lindsay and I have ever encountered has come with the greatest pain. And there's been a point where like, I don't, I don't know if I want a miracle. Because it's way too painful. Before and after. But if he can do it, I can do it. Am I fasting to be saved? Am I fasting to, to be justified? I'm fasting because I am a child of God. And we become too much like Babylon. And we become too much like culture. That this year in 21 days, God's going to transform our heart and then he's going to send us out into culture. And we're going to be a light that cannot be hidden. We will not be embarrassed by her faith. We will never be embarrassed to say, I'm a Christ follower. I love Jesus and Jesus loves you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a cup. He took some bread. He broke it. He took a cup and he said, this represents my blood shed. Of course, the disciples are going, what are you talking about? We don't know what's going on. And later, the disciples had an aha moment. So that's why he said what he said. He was preparing us for the impossible. The preparation that takes place. With every hip out of eye closed, we take that little, little way from the top. I always like to break it in half because it represents his, his body broken for me on that cross. Go ahead, take that little wafer. Fix your eyes on Jesus for a moment. 
and take the cup. This represents his blood. That by his blood, by his stripes, we are healed. So Father, I speak salvation and healing in our hearts today. Go ahead and drink. Will you stand with me, please? And I want us to just take a time of remembering what he did. And to be at, begin to ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? And begin to take up the challenge of 21 days, prayer, fasting, and reading your word. We by eyes close your eyes. Just hold your hands out again. Go ahead, worship team. And help us just to worship for just a moment.
you to do exactly what God wants you to do. I challenge you. Take a 21-day challenge. Be able to see what God can do. If you're here today, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah, I'm a little burdened. There's pastor in town, had altercations with his neighbor. And she ended his life. We are just not promised today. And sometimes there's something inside of me that says I cannot just preach a message to preach it. God's going to do something incredible in our lives. And I know he's going to do incredible things because the enemy's upset. The enemy's upset with our city. There's a reason every single one of us, we live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sin City, entertainment capital of the world. Because I believe revival's going to break out. But it doesn't happen from stage to crowd to city happens from our homes to our neighbors to our community to our city the church man church don't get ahead of yourself because it's going to happen at home first it's going to happen when we humble ourselves and we pray we begin to God wants to heal our land it doesn't say and man this is hard for me to say sometimes because I'm a pastor but it doesn't say if we go to church on Sundays says if we humble ourselves and we pray he'll heal our land corporate gatherings are so important we need one another next Sunday I definitely need you I'm going to live every single day like it's my last because this is not my destination this is not my final destination heaven is if you're here today and you say pastor I want to give my life to Jesus Help me to pray a prayer right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but just put a hand up and say, that's me today. I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. Just keep a hand up. Keep a hand up. One, two. Anyone else? Three, four, five. That's all I'm going to do. Five. Anyone else? Online audience. Man, hit that emoji. In the back, you'll let me know how many hands raised. Six. And I'm going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray this together. These next 21 days, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be powerful. It's going to be hard, but I can do hard things when I hear from my heavenly father. When I hear from him, bring it on. When I hear from him, let's go. 2024 is going to be a year of possible. God's going to do some extraordinary things. 
Every single morning, Pastor Lindsay's going to um, give out a devotional to read every single morning on version. So make sure you register so you can get that text message, that email. So I'm going to probably cancel you, Lorenzo, just for a moment, and I'll do the host moment. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. God's going to do some amazing things at Avenue. We've got all kinds of events. Go on our website. Check out our social media. I'm going to pray for people to get saved. And I'm just going to close you out today. Is that all right? Is that all right, team? Is that okay? Probably just Pastor me. He's going to talk to me later. But I want us to all pray a prayer together. And I want you to take that 21-day challenge. Everyone bow your heads, close your eyes, say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for my sins. Say forgive me of my sins. Say be Lord of my life. Say the best way I know how. I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shout of praise. Man, we love you. See you next week. Put that QR code up for challenge. See you next Sunday.